Hello, everybody. What Welcome up, what up? back to D-Pod. It has been a long time. And yeah. so here today with me, I have Tove, Bia, and Huna. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. What up, what up? Hey, so um, we're recording this right now on um, December 2nd, 2023, which actually marks the one year mark of us producing the very first episode of D-Pod. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> A year ago, we had recorded episode one right after our uh, Christmas party where Toph was the the Santa last year. <laughs> and ironically, last night we had our Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, where Santa was Toph again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how was that Christmas party, by the way? I, I, was, I was sick yesterday, so I, I couldn't make it. I was sad. I'm not sure. I was like <laughs> leading stuff, so I'm not sure what the people's experience was, but I had a blast. Yeah, people loved it the the black the Santa intro. I yeah. saw I uh, I received a video oh, yeah. from my <laughs> wife where it was like it was like stand back, stand back. <laughs> stand back. <laughs> and then, like, Santa and Neil and Luke, his elves, were doing something yeah. as they were coming in. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. All right, so uh, since to commemorate the one year mark, I guess, um, should we maybe share like what has been our favorite Depot episode from this past year? I, mm. it's kind of grown into something that I I didn't imagine it would be actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot, yeah. But yeah, I think people have benefited from it and enjoyed it, especially our students here, and I, I know like people throughout our network too. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Oh, actually, the Spotify Wrapped. You know, Spotify does mm, yeah. the rap thing. And it said that I have 80 top fans. Wow. Yeah, 80 people <laughs> whose number one podcast they listen to is d no Yeah, way. I think people need to diversify their yeah. interests. Yeah, that's pro- pro- probably all they listen they to. Like, no, yeah. yeah, it's okay. That's probably one of them is uh, probably my wife. So. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Any, um, any favorite episodes from this past year? I think my favorite to record was uh, definitely the dating one. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but one of my favorite ones is one of the more recent ones, Agenomics. Um, mm. Yeah, where, we, you got, where you had Ajon talking a little bit about like, yeah, their backgrounds, their perspectives. And it was kind of cool to see, um, yeah, I guess like kind of some, some marked changes in their self-view and view of their relationships with each other and the church since they graduated. Mm. Um, yeah, that was really cool to to hear their thoughts on and yeah, I kind of enjoyed like kind of de- getting into like their minds, seeing the way that they think and view the world. Um, but also to see how God has like really shaped them in the past uh, year and a half or so. So that was pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun episode. They, they talked a lot, ended up being a really long episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, my favorite ones are like the trip ones where people record like mm. little sound bits. Um, I, I feel like it's like, it's like a photo, but not. And you kind of get to relive like different moments, mm. especially for the ones where I was there. It was like the Atlanta one, mm. different things like that. So I really like those. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Mm. At confession, I'm really behind. <laughs> All the oh, no, Bia. I know. Oh, no. I've like skipped around it's, a lot. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It's not a requirement to be part of our team. To, to <laughs> thank, thank the Lord. Um, I think my favorite was the dating episode. Seeing it from the brother's perspective, I was like, what? 
Um, that was pretty funny. Yeah. And then I haven't caught up since then. Nice. All right. <laughs> All right yeah. Well, we need more dating episodes to yeah. get, uh, get Bia on board here. <laughs> yeah. I actually can't remember anything we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> dating sushi. And- I, I know. <laughs> I, I kind of wonder how much content of substance there actually is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us roasting each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. All right. So so today I um, wanted to fi- kind of uh, finally wrap up our basic series, which we started like months ago, but <laughs> have never finished. And the last topic that we had planned that we had never done was about, about friendships or peers, especially we use that word a lot in our church, like peers and peer classes and things like that. And maybe talk about some of the, some of the benefits to that. What is that all about? Um, and how does that maybe contrast with uh, some of our understanding of what friendships were supposed to be like before we came into college and things like that? And so, so just I'll just open up with a kind of a general question. Um, like, what was your understanding of friendship uh, prior to college? Okay, coming into college, or you know, I, I'm choosing college because for a lot of us that was the formative time where you know we became Christian or that became a lot more serious for us. So, what was your understanding of friendship prior to that? Um, I think for me, it was thinking back to like my high school days where I had a, a group of friends that I hung out with like basically all four years of high school. My understanding of my friendships was like that we were often in like the same like academic track. Like we were all AP kids. Some of them were like band kids. Um, some of them were like my neighbors that I knew since like elementary school and we kind of grew up on the same street. But yeah, I, I kind of just saw them as like my like my study buddies, um, people that I, I knew, but um, I didn't really feel very like close, like deep with them. Like I could be like my like my my real self. I, I kind of in high school, I kind of like put on depending on what friend group I was in. I had like a different like persona per like friend group. Um, yeah, like they, they were nice and like I, I liked them a lot, but I don't know. I didn't feel as like connected if that makes sense like with them um to a degree where like I like even now like I don't really talk to my high school friends that's my my own thing but um yeah I don't know there there wasn't uh I've kind of felt like yeah not not as deep with with my high school friends We, we kind of connected on levels like academics and like common interests which is fine um but nothing past that just curious like so did that understanding of because, you know, kind of the way you're describing it is like, oh, yeah, there wasn't as deep of a connection or but was that an, a self-understanding that you had already in high school? Um, I think in high school, well, I guess reflecting back on it, I can see that they weren't as deep um, as I would have liked them to be. But in high school, it, it just kind of felt like something was missing in our relationships. I'm not sure if I can put a finger on it, um, but I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. Cause, cause when I think back on my high school experience, I, I want to say that during that time, I felt like I had some pretty strong friendships, right? Like I, you know, I had a group of maybe like eight to 10 friends who, you know, we hung out all the time together, you know, and it really felt like we were, we had like a common destiny even cause we went to such a hard, hard high school and we we're just trying to just, defeat this beast that is Troy high school. And uh, (laughs) yeah. And and it felt like, I don't know, like I didn't know better. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I I think I agree with you that maybe like later on when I look back on, I can identify 
parts of that that are sort of like, oh, okay, I could see why, like, I didn't experience the depth of relationships that I did later on. But um, yeah, so I, I was just curious. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think part of it's also just the developmental thing, at least for for guys. Um, like our brains aren't fully developed till we're 25 or whatever. So it's just sort of <laughs> like, I'm just barely like functioning through life <laughs> as, a, as like a 14 year old. So yeah. um, maybe that's part of the reason, but yeah. How about others? Yeah. Your understanding of friendship prior to college. I think for me, um, I just wanted to have fun. <laughs> so I think I like picked my friends based on how much fun you could have in like conversations and different things like that. Um, or like I wanted to befriend people that were like cool or had some kind of like social capital. Um, yeah. But I think mostly it was just for fun. Like, oh, I want to talk about fun things. Like, I don't know. I wasn't do I was into K-pop back then. So we would talk about that or like just boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I did things like that, you know. I, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what what counts as fun and then what what would count as not fun? And so then you would reject that person <laughs> or you wouldn't pursue that person as a friend. I think fun is like similar interests. So, so then like mm. K-pop, K-dramas, um, boys. Um, but then not fun would be people who are just kind of nice, you know? <laughs> we would not have <laughs> Sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure I understand. There was nothing about mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, wait, wait. Well, nice by nice, I mean, like, oh, some people just seem like they don't really have um, strong feelings or interest in anything else. Mm. And they're just kind of there, which <laughs> every person is an eternal soul and they're important. I know that now, but I didn't know that before. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, okay. Mm. Oh, cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think similarly, my view of friendship was, yeah, people with similar interests or sometimes like shared experiences. Um, Like, for example, my really close group of friends in high school, there are about maybe like 10 to 15 of us. But I think what initially drew us together was we were all kind of like not able to fit into like the two main like popular crowds. There's like just the cool popular kids. And as the athletes, we were neither of those. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think we kind of just like coalesced at a certain point, like just because of that. But um, over time, I think, yeah, I really grew to like really love those guys. Like I really feel like I was part of like a a tribe. We literally did everything together. Um, I think um, we also like laughed and were really loud about like everything. (laughs) And we over time, I think we actually like developed shared interest and like yeah whether it was like tv shows or like same kinds of music um play a lot of like video games and stuff like that so i actually have like fond um memories of like conversations with them just like sharing a lot of laughs but i think it initially was because of like the shared experience of like oh we're like kind of left out kids mm. and that kind of drew us uh together yeah mm. yep. yeah that's a, that's really interesting like um kind of your description of how like maybe your friend group became the people that you ended up sort of hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it wasn't maybe sometimes it's not so intentional. Yeah. And I actually, I think that reflects my experience too. Like when I think about high school, yeah, like I said, I had like eight to 10 friends who, you know, we, we hung out a lot. Um, but I think those, it just ended up being kind of, it ended up being because we were in similar classes. We were, we had, similar kind of i guess career and future interests mm-hmm. and so then and then just natural personality wise i guess 
we just end up coalescing with certain kinds of people. And so then I think my, again, I don't think I would have known this when I was in high school, but when I look back on it now, my understanding of friendship was just that it was just people who I liked enough that I would spend most of my time with them and that we would mutually benefit each other in some way. Mm. Right. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of us, like we helped each other through school. Like, you know, I was better at math. My friend was better at history, like whatever it is. Right. And like, and we would help each other and, and there would be just a sense of, like I said, like, I, I don't think it was, even when I look back on it now, I don't think it's negative. I think it's sort of like, no, that was good. Like we needed that at the time. Yeah. But when I then think back on it, my, the basis of our relationships were basically like, like school, like school was the common enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and actually a lot of those friends happened to come to Berkeley with me. Oh no! Um, yeah. And so, so I had a pretty strong group of high school friends at UC Berkeley when I started and maybe we can talk about this later, but I think that um, impacted my ability to um, get close to church friends as well. Cause, um, cause I had such a strong group of friends already that I was getting a lot of benefit from and we enjoyed hanging out with each other and things like that. And so, so um, yeah, anyways, like I think that's a little bit of how I viewed friendship prior to college. So now um, let's shift into kind of as we became Christian and as, you know, so for I think a lot of us that was in college, um, like how did your view of friendships change? What, what were some new ideas that kind of came in, especially as you reflected on Christian relationships like christian friendships and what that should look like i think for me something that change is just the idea that like before because i think before i said like i picked my friends oh i like you i like you you're gonna be my friend but then in like christian relationships i realized that's not the case because you're almost like given these people and God says, here, you are a people, you are a, you know, royal priesthood, a holy nation, like you, you are my church. Like, I think that was something that was very new to me. And I think something that I had to grapple a lot with was like, oh, but like, what if I don't like them? Or like, what if I don't naturally get Mm. along with them? And I had to work on making my personal relationship with God, my commitment to God, a part of my relationship with other people as well. So yeah, I think that, yeah, that's how it kind of changed. Yeah. I I agree with that. Like, I think one thing that was weirdly interesting about the way my close high school friends formed and my Christian relationships formed was that they were similar in that, um, we didn't necessarily like intentionally like pick each other out. Like, like I mentioned with my high school buddies, uh, we just ended up being like, Oh, we're this identity of people. So we like coalesced together. And in a similar way, like with uh, with uh, my Christian friends, like Hina was saying, like God says, like, hey, you're a holy priesthood, like you're something you're not. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, that's who we are. But I think one way that it was different was that, um, like, my um, peers in college, we were like super different. Like, I'm not sure if you remember Hina. Yes, I remember. Yeah, Hina and I went to UCLA together, um, <laughs> and my peer class is like five of us. Um, it was me, uh, you know. African kid born in Detroit, just moved to LA for college. My peer Godwin, who was from South India, um, son of like, yeah, wealthy family. My, f- my friend Brian, uh, Chinese American uh, from San Jose. And my friend Justin Jackson from Riverside, African American, and Josh Blum, who is a uh, half white, half Hispanic, um, but internally like, uh, we loved Indian people. So it was, it was like a, a variety. It, it was really well. Yeah. It was like a crazy, like, hodgepodge of us. And initially, like, it was like, oh, yeah, we really didn't have, like, a whole lot in, in common. Hmm. 
and um, when when we when we got together um but one one thing that was like different about that is that um yeah because like my high school friends even though we didn't initially intentionally form we had a lot of like similar interests we discovered mm -hmm. but our group wasn't necessarily the case but i think with christian relationships um like he was saying where god calls you a people it's almost like okay he called you something that you're you're not yet mm -hmm. and then you kind of have to like strive to like live into that identity as mm -hmm. like a as like a forward group of people who can like you know love each other serve each other put so i guess there's a sense of like um obligational duty that the bible like prescribed that caused that to form whereas with my high school friends there isn't like a external obligation necessarily yeah mm. yeah 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 because yeah, even even if like you don't you know you go to like a small high school or something and you don't get to like choose your high school friends i mean you could always choose to you know steal your heart against them you can always choose mm -hmm. to like push them out of your life if you really wanted to mm -hmm. right but i think what maybe huna is referring to is a part of the fact that like yeah and kind of tofu you're saying like there's all these commands that that tell us that we have to um we have to love one another right like despite um our differences and and i always think about like how in mark chapter three um like jesus redefined family right and he said like who are my mother my brother and my sisters it's, it's those who do the will of god mm -hmm. right and so like fellow christians like that that's why we call each other like brother and sister in christ right like i mean that's not just like a nice label right like that was one of these things in the early church where they when they started doing this people were scandalized because they thought like everyone was having like incestuous relationships or something because they'd like call their like spouse the sister in christ right? yeah. it's like what the world right because like, yeah. no, they meant it like, like yeah. no we're family now right and if you're family yeah like of course there's lots of brokenness in family nowadays but family means that you can't like you're not getting rid of that person. Like mm -hmm. that person's yeah. your sister. That person's your brother, mm -hmm. right? And so, so then learning to relate within the bounds set by God, saying, "Okay, here's a church. Here, are your brothers and sisters love these people, mm -hmm. right?" And in some ways, that yeah, God gives you your friends, and you're like, "Dang God." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts about this? Yeah, I think like what you just said, like the aspect of like um, your friends being like part of like your spiritual family. I think that that was something that was really radical for me. Um, like seeing my, my my peers as like, these are my sisters in Christ. These are my brothers in Christ. And like, like you said, like if I like cut them off, like, like, like when you cut off family, that relationally really hurts. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I had like some friends that like end up leaving our church or just leaving the faith. And if it, it felt like painful um, mm. to experience that, um, even if we weren't like, super 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 close and things had in common but it was more so like oh but that's my brother and sister in christ and they're no longer here um yeah but i think getting to like revolutionize friendships to be like like family like that brought me a lot of comfort and a lot of sense of like security that like oh these people are not they can leave me you know it's gonna hurt if they do leave me but like i have this feeling of the, this sense of like oh but they're also with me for like the long haul like we're gonna do life together um and we're going to serve God together. And that like really like ennobled like my friendships mm. um, and ennobled my, my just, yeah, the way that I related and saw people at church. Um, yeah. So I thought it was, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Just this picture of family. Like it doesn't have to just be with my, my blood relatives, but it, it's also in like the body of Christ. So that was mm. really cool for me. Yeah. And I think for me, um, what something else that comes to mind as I think about, how this shifted for me is that, well, you know, like my high school friends, you know, like I love them and everything. When I think about what the purpose of the friendship was, it was, mm -hmm. it was like fun. 
it was uh getting through like school it was yeah. helping each other um and then and then you know like just being bros you know and and just like you know doing the dumb stuff and playing video games and like and and hearing each other out about girl drama and you know just being like hey man just being each other's cheerleader you know like you're awesome like, you're more, you know? <laughs> right and then so then but then as i became a christian in college and as that identity became more important to me i started to realize the that a, a large function of christian friendship is supposed to be uh, helping you grow and mature in christ right helping you endure and be faithful and and, and there were elements of that that I couldn't get from my non-Christian friends, right? Like, like because they wouldn't share the same worldview mm-hmm. as me, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's just say, for example, like getting prayer for some struggle with sin or something like that, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and getting encouragement and, and having people in the church be able to speak the gospel into you and say, hey, you remember God still loves you. Mm-hmm. Hey, endure, you know, like. Like, I, I can't get that from my non-Christian friends, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because some of my non-Christian friends would be like, hey, what's wrong with that, man? They just keep yeah. doing it, you know? Like, oh, okay, like, I don't think this is working, right? <laughs> so, like, um, so, like, just from a very practical perspective, mm-hmm. like, oh, no, there's there's certain things that I can only get from someone who understands my this, this grand shift in worldview that I just had, yeah. mm-hmm. right, as I became a Christian, right? And and without those relationships, it's going to be hard for me to really stay faithful and obedient for the long haul mm-hmm. um, in this Christian life. And so um, that's just one pers- one additional perspective, too. Yeah, I did a, I did a, that. Um, yeah, it kind of relates to, like, the idea, like, God calls you something that you're not yet. And, like, so there's, like, an overarching, like, new purpose of the relationship, like you said, like, where with my high school friends, similarly, it was like, yeah, we just wanted to, like, have fun, you know, shoot the breeze, but... With my Christian friends, like, yeah, God calls you a people, but then also he's called you to try to become more like, like Jesus. So that's one way that experientially was different. It was like, we were with my um, high school friends. We were kind of like, okay, with like the status quo, like not necessarily trying to like make us become people we weren't already. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my Christian friends, like to some degree, yeah, we, we do this similar things like, you know, shoot the breeze, hang out like over time. But I think generally we were always trying to see how's like God's word like speaking to us and how yeah. can we grow to be more of like a people who can care for each other, bear each other's burdens. And I think, uh, yeah, like with my high school friends, yeah, I, I love them. I, I still miss a lot of those guys, but that's not something we would have become or done together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, we're talking a little bit right now about how our view on friendship changed, but how did you actually start getting close to your friends at church? Okay. What did that look like? What, like everything from what motivated you? to do that, you know, cause I'm sure there were some difficulties along the way, um, to like, what were some of the practical things that you did? Yeah. I think speaking to the motivation aspect, I think to some degree, like, uh, I took a lot of my cues from the like testimonials of people who'd come before me in my Christian walks, so a lot of my mentors. And when I first had a chance to see like their own peer relationships, um, cause a lot of them were out of college for like three, four years. It was crazy to me to see that people could be friends for like that long after college mm-hmm. where typically like the pursuit of some kind of like career, or, like other like life goal would generally like separate people to move to different States and cities. But these people were like generally like still together um, post-college. And that was really like a uh, inspiring me like, Oh wow. Like relationships can actually be this way. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big surprise. Um, Cause I didn't really know a world of like not looking after like your own self-interest, even mm-hmm. for Christians. Um, so I think that was an initial motivation. Like, Oh wow, this is something really beautiful that I could also have. And, uh, yeah, like God's given me a band of brothers. I could try to strive to have that with. Yeah. Mm. Who are some of those uh, people that you were observing? 
it was my my leaders in LA. Um, so like Kevin Ding, Tim mm-hmm. Choi, um, Calvin and Esther. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel yeah. Eugene, uh, Dan and Hannah. So when we first had chances to go to um, Berkeley for like the larger retreats, and mm-hmm. I see them interacting with like hmm. their old friends, I was, like, I was like, oh wow, this is like what they left to come to LA and these are like they're a close people that they've yeah, had yeah. for the last like you know seven ten years so that's pretty cool yeah yeah and it was neat to be able to take um students this past year you know our, our Chicago students to sp- like spring break trip to California for example mm-hmm. and I think they had that experience too of like they're meeting all these people and they're like well you've known these since when and like you know <laughs> yeah. that experience um of like wow you've had like these relationships for a long time and mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty special like it does bring me back to how I did think that was pretty neat when I first came to our church too. kind of these like older guys who known their known these other friends for like 10 plus years. And you're like, Oh, haven't heard of that too much like yeah. in my life. So yeah, it's neat. Yep. Yeah. How about others? I think for me, like motivation to grow in Christian relationships came from like sheer obedience to God initially. Cause mm. like I said before, it was like, like there are certain people that I just didn't like hanging around and I was so used to kind of cutting them off or like cold shouldering them, pushing them away. But like, I was kind of doing that at the beginning of my first year of college when I started going to church and um, like that friend confronted me basically saying, hey, like, you know, I am Christian, you are Christian um, and we're called to like love each other. Can we do that? Like, can we talk about why? Mm-hmm we're feeling like this towards each, each other. And um, I think that really kickstarted like me viewing friendships within the church differently. If I am called to like love this one friend that I don't like because you're both Christian sisters, like that should apply to all the other Christian sisters that I see at church. So yeah, I think that was like the initial motivation. Um, and I think something that really helped me grow uh, just beyond like sheer obligation um, in my relationships is just um, another lot of things. I think one thing is just um, confessing sins to each other, not just, you know, talking about how my day was or something that's frustrating for me, but like actual mm. sin. And I remember like calling my friend after having confessed um, like a sin that I thought I would take to my grave to like my leader. I talked to her and I think I just experienced a lot of like freedom and also um, like, strength because like she prayed for me and I think like yeah that that's like a really big um way that I grew mm. in my friendships like knowing that okay I'm fully seen and I'm still accepted and they're still committed to me and um and it wasn't just one-sided you know like it's not just me it's like confessing all of my sins but mm. then by me being open and receiving prayer and strength like I think that enabled like other people to be more open to and I think we just had this mutual like understanding that okay we're all sinners and we all need God's grace and we can like help each other mm. so I think that's another like big way that we grew in our relationship yeah yeah well, your your friend who uh, just directly confronted you, like, <laughs> that's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. No, yeah, yeah she. Uh, kudos to her. Yeah, <laughs> she is. Um, I, I'm very thankful for her because yeah. I think she's she's very relentless mm. in making sure that our friendship is like there, mm. you know, whereas mm. like kind of fading away and different things like that. So I think I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, beyond just yeah. going through the motions, right. Yeah. For it to be a substantive relationship. Yeah. 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 That's such a blessing when you have someone who will, who will insist on that. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And when you were sharing, I mean, just to pull in some Bible into this, um, I mean, you know, just the point about confession reminded me like, that's why 
like in, in James 5, 16, we're, we're commanded to confess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And, um, you know, like confession is ultimately before God, of course, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yet we get this encouragement to confess to one another because, um, uh, and I've experienced this, right, where your friend or your or your your leader like they become sort of a proxy for god right mm-hmm. when you can't believe that god actually forgives you yeah when that when your friend hears what you just did and or you know what you just confessed and they still accept you mm-hmm. right they they put their arms around you and they pray for you you experience the cuz we're we're like fleshly beings right and so in the flesh we experience somebody like you know we don't have Jesus in the flesh anymore. So mm-hmm. maybe the second best thing is our friend in the flesh yeah. <laughs> to actually pray that for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And it becomes that much more real. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. yeah. And yeah. I was also just thinking about like, just, uh, you know, along the long similar lines, I guess, uh, you know, we recently did the DT through Hebrews. Right. And I was thinking about Hebrews three, where it says, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hard, uh, hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And I guess the verse before that says, take care, brothers, mm. lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. And so, yeah, just the the exhortation in scriptures, again, to be in each other's lives every day, to mm-hmm. exhort, right? Because we're so prone to falling away. Like that that's the kind of thing that only a Christian friend can do, mm-hmm. right? Like the sort of thing, like your non-Christian friend is not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Right, right? yeah. Although they might, you know, you might have a lot of other redeeming qualities in that relationship. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, for me, one, I think one of the biggest motivators when I became Christian was seeing older sisters, mm. like how they, how they like loved one another and were friends. I, my class was reached out to by the class of 2017. I, I think seeing how they were like crazy with one another, but then how they also like really loved and poured into my class, um, teaching us like going through course 101 with different one of us, like Jeanette and like the Sally and Sarah and, um, I did like DT with some of the older sisters. Um, and yeah, I think getting to see how their relationships were so close. And then when I tell them this, they're like, you have no idea. We were not that close um, when we were a juniors reaching out to me as a freshman. Um, but I saw the genuineness of their relationships and I really wanted to emulate that with my friends. Um, and yeah, like the, the way that they loved one another and like loved us as the younger ones, like I, I really wanted to be like them. I looked up to them a lot as like spiritual, like mentors in that way. Um, so that really challenged me to grow deeper in my friendships. And then also practically, like they live together. <laughs> so I was like, I should probably live with my friends. Um, and by doing that, I think it kind of mirroring off what Tofa was saying, I got to really see myself more clearly as I related with my friends and like Huna's friends. I had a lot of friends, Jeanette, who would confront me in good ways mm. and help me to like see myself because we were just so different. Um, and so those those moments of receiving feedback from one another and like trying to understand one another and then again, praying for another and confessing what's going on either with each other or within like our own like hearts, what's, what's happening. Like that really deepened my Christian mm. friendships. Like seeing it first emulated out in older ones and then trying to do that in my own friendships and doing what they did. Um, I think that really got us, grew us closer, um, having an example to kind of live towards. Mm. So how did you, um, like, how did you even start to observe that about 
the older sisters like uh-huh. were you in their home mm-hmm. or like because i'm assuming you can't get that from just sitting in the pews together on sunday morning no. right like <laughs> yeah. so so tell me a little bit about how how you personally observed these kinds of things that motivated you later on yeah i mean i just loafed around in their living room a lot I just kind of <laughs> like invited myself over they would have me over for meals and i just observed how they lived um just in their natural habitat um the way that they bantered with one another the way that they all wanted to do dt with like crazy freshmen like us and um yeah i just watched them and see like saw how they related with one another and i compared it to my then like relationships um outside of the church that i had i was in a sorority my freshman year and i was like oh this sisterhood versus like the sisterhood that i see at church is very different and i was Mm. like why is that um and that got me more curious to to seek more about like okay whatever they have I want that, um, not just in my friendships, but just in like also my walk with God personally. Um, so I just I just watched their lives. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because yeah, I feel like it. So I, I just want to draw that out because I think your answer like presupposes that people are observing each other's lives, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and I think that's why at our church, you know, we we talk about open homes a lot and. You know, like the students are always welcome at any of our places. Um, I guess if you live at UPC, the UPC people, it's a little harder to access your places because you, you can still come. Yeah, UPC is like in, a fortress, but full but, but hey, what are, what are your guys' apartment numbers? Do you want to seven twenty seven twenty south? Mm. All right, nine hundred one south. Nine hundred one south. If you, you come sh- often enough, the front desk people will recognize you and yeah. they'll just let you in. Actually, yeah, yeah, that happens to me when I when I go. Especially on Friday morning, <laughs> the lady that's there, she just says, okay, walk in. <laughs> Genji's place, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to Genji's place. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, just yeah, just a kind of open home culture where we want, we want you, like, we want people to see our lives, right? Because, you know, like, Paul says to imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. But, like, how can you imitate people that you don't see, right? Mm, yeah. And you're not supposed to imitate, like just what you see on Sunday morning. Cause obviously we're on our best behavior on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, you want to, I guess you do want to imitate our best behavior though. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyways, don't, that's yeah. Don't get complicated about that. So <laughs> yeah. And then, and then our upperclassmen too, right? Like it's, it's neat that, yeah, some of our upperclassmen, they have homes and apartments that, I know they've been inviting some of the students to and things like that. And so I really hope that that becomes a more and more of our culture here uh, at the at the University of Chicago, Illinois Tech Ministries. All right. So um, I had one more thing to say too. Sure. On like the, uh-huh. um, getting close together. So I think one way that that happened for my peers and I when we were in college was living together, actually. So kind of like what Bia was mentioning with seeing the older girls living together. And one verse that I think motivated us to do that was... Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And um, after we had also observed a lot of our leaders um, from college and how they took that step to live together and what kind of that did for their relationships, we wanted to also emulate that too. Mm. And personally, I actually wasn't really opposed to the idea of living with my peers. And part of that was because in high school, I was in boarding school for the last two years and my closest friends from high school are probably like from that period of boarding school. Yeah, we weren't we weren't like Christian or anything, but because we lived together for two years, uh, working hard to try to like beat the IB program, we just grew a lot closer as we were doing life mm-hmm. and stuff together. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this was that was like super formative for me actually, coming into college. And I was thinking, wow, like how much more could that be if I'm doing with like Christian brothers who are trying to be more like Jesus together? 
So we, we, we did that our senior year. Um, I wish we did it earlier, but senior year was the time we were able to actually do it. And that was really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to host a lot of younger classmen at our place, do DTs together, like, yeah, learn how to cook together and things like that. And that was really awesome um, and, and informative for us. Yeah. And it was challenging, too, because, you know, like, since we're living together, we see, like, the best and worst mm-hmm. <laughs> of each other. So we'd have to, like, work through work through all that, too. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, like, cherish those times of uh, living together with a group of guys. Yeah. And, and I think, I think living together with, a, um, a fellow Christian, uh, that's become something that's been really formative for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's nothing about, for example, the Hebrews 10 verse that says mm-hmm. there's no, there's no verses that say you have to live together. Right? Yeah. So that's not something we can ever directly say like, Oh, this is, you know, you have to do this, mm-hmm. but it's, it's sort of like, well, what's the, best way to, to place it. yourself yeah. in a situation where you can stir up one another to love and good good deeds yep. every day yeah. <laughs> and exhort one another every day and to, yeah. and to have that because we always talk about well it'd be nice to do that but how do you have the information or how do you have the data points to actually be able to bear one another's burdens every day right so i mean that that's one practical reality um and and here's the other thing about uh living together um like i i really so, okay, I'm, I'm going to go off on you, Chicago, again right now. So, um, <laughs> you know, while every other school in the nation is, um, you know, converting their singles into doubles and doubles into triples and triples into quads <laughs> so that they can um, get more students to go into their dorms, um, you, Chicago, still has this really strong culture of having, having single dorms. Um, and it's something that is, like, mind-boggling to me because I think it's, uh, first of all, terrible, terrible for the you know, mental health kind of anxiety um, kind of epidemic that we have. Um, but it's also like from a, from a Christian perspective, I, I think it's something that people need to like seriously think about. Like, mm-hmm. do I really want to be in a situation where I have a single room, like a single dorm that I'm in? And I know what I'm going to say is, is slightly edgy here, but um, I felt very validated when I was reading Fuel in the Flame. I think it's in Fuel in the Flame um, where in one of the chapters um, I think it's like Steve Shadrach. He, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it was something like, you know, they're either being like really selfish or they're being shady and they want to hide something. And of course, you know, there might be other reasons, of course. Right. Like, and I think the the reason that University of Chicago gives is like, oh, we want you to be able to have a place where you can really um, engage your intellect without being like interrupted. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know if like your intellect not being interrupted is so important that you put yourself in a situation where, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to sin and be selfish. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, anyways, it's just something to think about, right? Like I'm, you know, I'm not saying that if you're a Christian, you can't have being a single, like, of course, and I'm not saying that, right. But for someone who wants to really take Christian discipleship and Christian life seriously, and who wants to grow in their relationship with their friends as well, like, you know, like a good option would be to live in a situation where people have access into your life. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so um, I love how um, so many of our students in our church, even at the University of Chicago, have been, you know, getting getting um, uh, apartments together, you know, mm-hmm. so where at least they can share that kind of space. Um, you know, even if like the university doesn't allow you to like have like doubles or something like or triple rooms, like mm-hmm. at least at least if you're in an apartment or you're in a kind of larger living situation where you have people that you're going to see all the time. Right. Then um, you're going to be able to uh, like you're, you're going to be sort of forced to grow in many more areas of Christian discipleship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing. Yeah. And it's fun. I think yeah. like it's yeah, it's I think the like 
I personally thought it was worth the cost of like letting go of my own like comfort or like mm-hmm. being able to, I don't know, play live music in my room or sleep whenever I want, have the lights on <laughs> as late as I want. Like, I think it's worth it yeah. for sure. It's mm. fun. And it's like the deep bond that you've conformed with people that you are in the same room with. I think it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to come by. So. Yeah. yeah, this is random, but the most intense period where I think I, I grew the most was actually when I lived in Dana house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dana house is a, you know, we've talked about it before. It was a house of like 25 guys uh, in Berkeley. And uh, I actually lived there with all of my staff and all of my students. Wow. Whoa. So I was one of the house managers, but I wow. was ministering to class 2016 at the time who were seniors. And so seniors lived at Dana house too. So there were like six guys in my small group and they all lived at the house. And my three staff, all of that had the house too. <laughs> wow. So my entire, and this was before I was married, right? So like, Dang. so my entire life was in that house. <laughs> Crazy. And it was wow. good for all of us. Cause you know, like I'd be like, oh man, I don't want to get it for DT. But I'm like, but these guys live with me. I'm like, okay, and we're doing seven AM DT together. And like, and so I get up, I'm like, and then these guys are not up. So I'm like, I go to their room, room, room number five, <laughs> oh my knock gosh. on their door. Hey, it's time for DT. <laughs> wow. Right, next, wow. next door. Hey, it's time for DT. <laughs> Come downstairs. <laughs> you don't even have to go anywhere. We're just meeting downstairs, guys. Come yeah. on. <laughs> So just, just, just roll out of bed and come downstairs. <laughs> wow. So I don't, you know, I don't know. We, we have a, a, you know, good memories from that time and painful memories from that time. I'm sure mutually. So. But you know what I can say for sure, it was a time of uh, tremendous growth for all of us. <laughs> we had to take our Christian life seriously. So I didn't know that. That that's crazy. Like people you mentioned. I don't. I don't know if real. anyone else yeah. in our church has ever been in that situation. Yeah. Actually. That that wow. was a very unique period uh, that lasted for about. I think it was like only like seven months or so, but because mm. it was right before I got married. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, all right. So um, let, let's, well, okay. Since we're on the topic of, um, okay, I guess since we're on the topic of uh, living with your friends, maybe uh, do just a couple of you want to talk about what what is it about that that caused you guys to grow a lot in your um like friend relationships, Christian friend relationships. Um, I think one aspect that Tove touched on earlier is like, because we lived together and we wanted to do ministry together, we had a lot of the younger ones over a lot. Um, and I think we got to practice like in practicality, like what it means to like minister to somebody. Um, yeah, it, it grew us a lot to be more responsible, <laughs> to clean our house every week, um, to learn how to cook and bring people over and, and like try to be hospitable. Um, yeah, I don't think that would have really happened if it was just us on our own. Uh, we mm. we kind of get used to one another's and like the, the grime and stuff. But um, yeah, because we were like, okay, the freshmen are coming over in 20 minutes. We have to cook, you know, or we need to clean the bathroom and different things like that. Like it, it matured us mm. in just life skills, um, doing ministry together, like as like a, a house housemates. And we also live right, right next door to like Elaine and her housemates. And so often we would like have one another over, over for like dinners, or like invite a bunch of freshmen over and then split, you know, and go to different houses and come together. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I felt like it was like, like we got to really do ministry together, like hands on and that matured us in many different ways. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that aspect of living together like allowed us to, to grow in just like our, our ministry muscles. Hmm. So I know we've been talking a lot about um, kind of living together, but um, so that's not obviously not the only way to um, grow close with your church friends. So 
could you guys speak into like how are some what are some other ways in which you grew in your relationship with Christian friends and peers uh, throughout your college years um, outside of like the living together aspect of it? I think one way that happened for me was our leaders at the time tried to have us be involved with like planning and putting on different types of evangelistic events and things like that for our friends. So like my junior year, we did this thing called more than a feeling, uh, where, um, I shared like my testimony and one of my friends did a gospel presentation and then all my peers, we set up these different booths to kind of like answer different apologetic related questions about Christianity. And we all just brought our friends to that. And that was pretty cool. And I think what that did in terms of getting us closer was like um, working together on like this shared goal of sharing the most precious thing we've received with uh, our friends who we we obviously loved and cared for at, at the time, too. I think that's one way that we got close. And in the course of like working that out, there's like, you know, dry runs. There's like pushing back on ideas. There's like, oh, like I want to give this talk. Why, do, why does he, he get to give it and not me? <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to work so out like, oh, healthy like, competitive healthy competitiveness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of have to work out like, oh, what's, what's going on there? Like, why, mm-hmm. like, why is that such a big deal? So like, like different things like that, where, um, I think it wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been able to have those types of conversations unless we were in the context of trying to get out of ourselves and minister to other people. So that was really cool, I think, like getting the chance to do like little things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's one way that we got a lot closer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is not a spiritual answer, but definitely, um, definitely just spending time with each other mm-hmm. helps. Um, yeah. I mean, because I think it's just a priority thing, right? Like you're, you're going to feel close to the people that you actually make time for. Mm-hmm. And I think as my, uh, my Christian discipleship grew uh, throughout college, I think the time I spent with my friends, like my high school friends versus my church friends, um, start to shift. Um, and then my my time with my high school friends uh, became a little more focused. Like it was times where I really wanted to connect with them. And and then, you know, maybe I wanted to invite them to, to some church things. Maybe I wanted to just share about what was going on in my life with regards to my faith. So I think my times with my church friends became more intentional. And then the people that I had more just like kind of downtime with, and kind of just default hanging out time with shifted more towards my church friends mm-hmm. as they became my, I guess my default sphere or my, my kind of default group of friends that I would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in a way that felt, it felt weird at first, right? Cause it felt like, oh, am I like rejecting my old friends? Like, it's, mm-hmm. but, but it, it, I don't think it was like, I don't think it really was that. I think it was me change it was my identity shifting yeah my identity um becoming because it used to be more like you know my identity was that i was a good student versus now my identity is that i'm a christ follower Mm -hmm. and i think i was just going through the commensurate changes in my relational world Mm -hmm. as a result of that so Mm -hmm. yeah just yeah so i guess my short answer is just a lot more hanging out with them Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i think also another thing was like trying to be there for each other in, I guess, more like unfortunate incidents in one another's lives. So like if someone had like a family member who was sick or someone who like passed away, um, we would all try to like get together to like either pray for our friend or if possible, like try to go to attend um, said event or thing to kind of show that, yeah, like, you know, like not only do we like try to do Christian life together, but even in like the, the messy and like unfortunate aspects of life where they're trying to like build each other up and, um, bear each other's burdens in a sense too. So we would try to do things like, yeah, either treat 
our friend like put some cash together and say, mm-hmm. hey, like treat your family to this meal while you're with them um, or asking just how we could pray for them while they were back with their family. And whether it was not like people passing, some people just had like tough family situations mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. or it was yeah. just hard to be at home. Mm-hmm. And so in those cases, we can't like be physically there, um, but we try to do things to either like stay in touch over breaks or pray for them while they were at their um, family's places. So I think that was one thing that also like deepened our bonds a bit too. Like, cause yeah, we're, you know, complex people. We don't really have fragmented lives and how our family relationships are kind of seeps into everything else. Mm-hmm. So that was one way where we tried to like get close. And I think really helped a lot actually, um, as we helped each other work through those things. Yeah. 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 And you know, and then the kind of, there's obvious things like things that, you know, people mentioned already in stories, right? Like the bearing each other's burdens through like confession, praying mm-hmm. for each other, that, that aspect, I think there's, yeah, like serving together, like Tof mentioned, but also like higher impact things like going on mission trips or, yeah. you know, like these like really formative events. But then there's a, fr- a friend or two alongside you that goes alongside that with you. And then suddenly you, you view that friend differently. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's a very personal thing between you and God. But also there's this friend alongside you. Yeah. Right. And then but it's not those high impact things as well. It's the daily things. Right. Like mm-hmm. so when I think about my my friendships from college that I really appreciate. Um, you know, they were the guys who, you know, I met with like you know, multiple times a week to do devotion with. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, I don't think I can point to any particular devotion time as like life changing and like, oh my gosh, like, you know, now I want to be a pastor or something. It wasn't <laughs> like that. It was just like, but we, I needed people to do that with, right. Yeah. To like do the kind of the daily grind of Christian life with. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and when you look back, you're like, wow, like, like that friend was faithful to me all these years. Right. And we yeah. did that together. Right. So, mm-hmm. As you, as you guys think about your relational world, like, so there's like these formative relationships, right? There's like your leaders, right? There's people that you're discipling and then there's your friends, right? Like our peers, right? Like how has your relationship with your peers shaped you in a unique way? I think this is probably a different person to person, but how, how has your peer relationships shaped you versus like, you know, the other types of relationships? I think um, one way, um, I guess one thought that, comes to mind uh, when I, I, there's two things but um one thing is just the fact that like my peers shaped me in like the little areas of my life that other people wouldn't see and I think this kind of goes back to like living together with peers I didn't live with my leaders I mean mm-hmm. none of my mentors came knocking on my door because I didn't come to DT <laughs> but like I had I, like like when I lived with my friends they saw like how I talked to my parents, how I spend my time, what I spend my money on, like how many clothes I'm getting versus how much I'm like using my money to treat other people, different things like that. And I think like, yeah, my peers kind of called me out on different things like that, that my leaders wouldn't Mm. necessarily have been able to see. So I think that's one way that's different. Um, And like another thing is just um, the fact that like my peer relationships in some ways strengthened me in ways that other relationships couldn't. Cause like, you know, when we're um, like going through figuring out how to be a Christian as a college student or like how figuring out how to love our family for the first time as Christians, different things like that. Like there's a sense that we're going through something together. We're experiencing something at the same time in the same stage. And I think mm-hmm. the the strength that comes from just knowing that someone is going through the same thing as me and we're struggling together and we're striving to um, imitate Christ together. Like that's that strength is very different from like the strength that comes from like a mentor saying, hey, you know, I've been there. I did this. This could 
this is maybe helpful or like you can have hope because you know I was in your shoes before but now look where I am now like whatever or like it's different from like how the younger ones can motivate you to like push yourself and and keep running the race so I think like basically just by them being there and experiencing the same thing I think that has been very strengthening um yeah Hmm. yeah thanks for sharing yeah, I think one way, interestingly, when I think about it, that it's shaped me is in the aspect of like vision casting. Um, yeah, because because we're kind of going through the same like periods of life together, um, we're kind of foreseeing that, yeah, as we want to continue to grow and serve Jesus together, we want to continue to take big steps of faith. And one thing that was cool was like, my peers had like a big reunion this past July where all like 40 something of us across the country came together in Chicago. And yeah, a lot of it was just like, yeah, having fun, uh, catching up, exploring the city. But at the end of it, we did this uh, cool activity where we cast like a four year vision for ourselves and we got into a circle and like, and, like read that out. And I think that was, that was really neat. Um, Cause in a sense, like, yeah, we've kind of been like pushing like, pushing on our own in our separate cities to try to continue to grow and serve God together. But getting together at that point was a really neat because we're sharing about here's where we're at, but here's where we want to continue to grow. And I think that was really cool. It feels different. Like when you're hearing that from someone who's like in the same period of life as you Mm. and really challenging to say, Oh yeah, this is one way that they want to serve God. Like I want to do, they want to do like foreign missions or something and they're willing to like, you know, drop their, their job and uproot their lives and go to, yeah, anywhere in the world where God is calling them to. Yeah. And if they get the chance to in four years, like they're going to do it. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's like so awesome. Like, and if I felt like, oh, I wasn't necessarily there yet, that's like something like pushed me. What would it take for me to like be willing um, mm-hmm. to, to do something like that? Mm-hmm. So in a sense, it feels like a different kind of motivation because it's like, oh, this person who's also going through similar life stage and roughly like similar experiences and circumstances is trying to grow in their relationship and devotion in this way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like been really cool for me to and how I think my peer relationships have shaped me mm-hmm. in terms of like vision casting and what my uh, life could look like down the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think for me, um, one just specific ways in which my peers have shaped me is that, um, they keep me real in, in the sense that uh, none of them are impressed by me. Mm. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So like, yep. I guess like to the students here, like at Chicago or whatever, I'm like, Oh, all oh, DP is like the preacher, like what's oh, past the, the pastor and whatever. But like, you know, when like our friends get together, it's sort of, oh, DP is just DP, you know, <laughs> it's just one of the dudes. So, <laughs> so it kind of, it's kind of nice actually to mm-hmm. have a context in which like we all kind of remember what we were like in college and, you know, and, and, and we marvel at the fact that, you know, we are where we are now and so many of our friends, yeah, like still serving faithfully and things like that. And it's like, wow, that's really neat. But we're not like impressed by each other anymore. I think it's just <laughs> sort of a, you know, like we're glad to be friends and, you know, just, just come together to have some strengthening time and, and be known, you know, for who you are. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's a, uh, you know, it's, so it's not a shaping in the sense that like, it's like pushing me forward in some way, but I think that there's a reality of like who we are that like, I, I think I've, I stay grounded because of yeah. my peers in, in some ways. So, yeah. um, yeah, just for the sake of time, we're going to move on to our last question here. Okay. So our last question is, um, it's a, it's a, it's a double question. Okay. Uh, but you have to just do it succinctly. <laughs> okay. So, what are, what is a regret that you have with regards to peer relationships? Okay. What is a regret that you have as you think back on however many years you've been at our church, but then, 
paired with that, what is your vision and hope for your friendships as you look 10 years from now? 10 years. Okay, 10 years from now. How old will you guys be 10 years from now? 36. 36 in your late 30s. Oh, wow. Now I'll be in my early 40s. Oh, my God. Whoa. So what what is a regret and a vision and hope? I think my regrets were missed opportunities to be vulnerable and miss, like, confess my sins and missed opportunities to be there to comfort someone. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of letting, like, petty squabbles get in the way of, like, actually showing love and compassion. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my regrets from college, like, not doing that with uh, my peers, uh, some, some of which are in different churches now. So, yeah. Um, but I think one vision that I have is that, yeah, like, I'll be able to grow, continue to grow in that, like, leaning into situations where I need to like confess and be vulnerable and not letting like those petty squabbles get in the way and that that can create a richness in our relationships that um, I want to, I want to be there even though they're not necessarily at that spot right now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I think for me, I, I, I regret like not reaching out to peers. I didn't like was, didn't like not actually click with or like didn't live with. Um, I, I have a humongous peer class. <laughs> Um, and now that, you know, we're all in different ministries, um, and live in different places. I'm like, wow, I wish I would have gotten to know her better when I was in college and we were like in like the same area all the time. Um, I think one vision I have is like now that we are so spread apart that when we're, when we're together, like we can quickly like bond over and just be vulnerable, like to saying like quickly and just open up about things that are going on and the things that we worried about in our ministry so that like, it doesn't have to stagnate at college, but it can just continually grow as we're growing as like people and like Christians um, that our relationships can only just get better as, as I, as we turn to like invest in them wherever we left off. Hmm. I think one regret that I have with my peers is not um, like striving for unity when it came to ministering to younger ones. Hmm. I think I had this like savior complex that I, and I felt like I could do it by myself a lot mm-hmm. of times. And yeah, I think that led to sometimes like resentment or bitterness, but yeah, I think I wish I did that more. And I, it, yeah. Um, and one vision that I have is that 10 years from now, we would still be bonded together by our commitment to God mm-hmm. and by our commitment to the mission. Cause I know that in 10 years, we're not gonna be in the same place and maybe not even have similar experiences in terms of what kind of ministry we're in. But I think, I hope that we would all still be going strong and trusting God and um, yeah, being committed to, yeah, his great commission. Amen. Mm. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I think I think for me, when it comes to a regret, um, and this is sort of a, a, just a practical one, but I think, and I don't know if it's something I could, I could have changed actually, but um, because I had various like family obligations or, you know, just different things. Like there were a lot of um, opportunities to hang out with peers or to not like, 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 you know, peers will do these trips, you know, peer trips and things like that. And I mixed, I missed a lot of them actually missed a lot of my peer trips. And um, yeah. And like, you know, there were the circumstances around that, that maybe I couldn't, I couldn't change, but I, that is a regret that I have. And I feel like because of that, um, you know, like I feel poorer as a result. Right. And like, man, like, you know, a little bit of FOMO, right. With regards to that. But so then, um, you know, but I feel like, I think that's, it's good to acknowledge that because then it's like, Oh no, see, it's, it's cause it's a really good thing 
to be able to invest into those relationships. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like the fact that I missed part of it, like, you know, I just have to live with that. But I think my, my vision and hope kind of is, I guess, tied to that because uh, recently a couple of my peers, they, um, they started this, uh, peer trips workspace actually and, and <laughs> we, we have this cool idea to try to have a, a big peer trip every two years mm-hmm. um and who, whoever can make it right and um and and it's kind of funny because they mapped it out like every two years until we're 70 wow so oh it has gosh. 2059 up to 2059 i'm wow. looking at the sheet right now oh my god yeah, and, uh, and so i'm like wow like that would be awesome right like i mean that's more than 10 years i guess but um, <laughs> if we're still able to meet together mm-hmm. and to share about how we're serving god and all because we're all so spread out like all of our peers everywhere and we're all in different places some of us are leading churches others of us are you know um serving in various ministries without within churches right and um people are going through different life struggles right um and and but to come together again and just to be able to be real gain encouragement and and then you know just go out from there i think would be great and according to this doc in uh when for our 60th year uh when we turn 60 we're gonna go to the moon apparently wow mm. and when we turn 70 we're gonna go to mars oh my oh, yeah nice. that's, that's the location what a vision. What yeah 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 so we have a vision too <laughs> no and i think these are supposed to be like vision trips because like one of the ones you know is, is a is a certain country a big country in asia that starts with c and so um like kind of to have vision so i think mm. moon and mars is maybe part of the vision although i don't know who there wow. is to reach out to yeah <laughs> but yeah anyways um any final thoughts as we uh, wrap up this episode? Anything that you guys would want to say that you haven't had a chance to say before we wrap up? I guess just a thank you to my peers. <laughs> um, yeah, they've been such a strength to me, meeting mm-hmm. just like my practical needs, like from finances to emotional needs, to everything. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, they they are my source of strength um, in a lot of ways. So thank you, my peers. <laughs> yeah. And we should probably, yeah, we should probably thank our peers mm-hmm. more often than we do. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so thank sir. you, my peers, too. Thank you, my peers, too. Thank 2018. you, so, Yeah, so 2011, 2018, and 2019 get a shout out. No one mm-hmm. else. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I, 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 one more thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. one thing I'll leave off with is, yeah, if you really care about having these kinds of relationships, there's going to be a cost. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have like finite time, finite schedule. And so like ultimately becomes a prioritization thing. Like, yeah, like do you think these relationships are that significant and that worth pouring into? And I think that they are like, you know, we've shared for the past hour or so and like how that's been a blessing to us. And yeah, I think uh, it's worth the cost of figuring out ways to yeah make time for those trips or mm-hmm. make time for those weekly gatherings or those meals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's worth it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. mm. awesome. That's a good word. All right, that's it, I think. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right, thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of D-Pod. I promise we're going to try to get these started up again. I know Elijah has been asking. Elijah from UIUC, I'm going to give you a shout-out here. Uh, we'll, we'll get back on it, guys. All right, see you guys. Bye.